This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon and I am joined, as always, by Josh on the other line. Hey there, Josh. Hey there, Brandon. How are you? I'm good. And I've made a, I've made a, a solemn oath to not uh, make you reveal the score you had in uh, Game Week 10. So we don't have to do that. I know you didn't have such a great I feel like week. You're, I feel like the, the, the very fact that you're tell, you're saying this is you're, you're kind of giving yourself away right now. <laughs> I'm sort of, sort of <laughs> telegraphing it, aren't I? But, uh, yeah, I well, I had like a little mini rant slash meltdown before the podcast started where I just, you know, part of it is just if it were a normal season to be bad enough. But now that we're in the like the business of trying to. OK, here's here's how I like to frame this podcast, Brandon. Maybe this will be useful for you to hear it or, or, or anybody who's listening for the first this time. Is great. Okay. What I see this as is a podcast where we discuss the Premier League with a fantasy sort of uh, bent to it, right? Absolutely. We're talking, we're talking about the league. We're talking about what's happening, but, you know, through the eyes of fantasy. But it's it's not like we're doing hard – like there are, there are podcasts that are very good at doing like the hardcore like rate my team kind of thing. Yeah, all the stats, all the data, all yeah. the spreadsheets. We're, we're doing some we're doing some color here, you know, filling in the gaps, talking about the things that happened, little stats thrown in as well. The human story, if you will, the, of the if FPL. You, if you will, but I won't actually. No, I will. I will. <laughs> uh, but that being said, it still is painful to have a week as bad as this week and then come on the podcast and try to talk about the fantasy league. Um, you know, because it's it's crazy. Like for a couple of weeks there, it was like, oh yeah, like it's a bad start, and you know, I had four green arrows in a row, and then this week it just it all came crashing down again. And I, I I kind of knew this was going to be a bad week, um, but it was it was it was bad beyond my wildest dreams. I'm getting some uh, hardcore Tim Sherwood vibes from you right now. <laughs> it's just Mourinho. Just I, my team mirrors last week or last year runaway season, best season I've ever had in the Premier League. Uh, you know, had the only three losses all year. Uh, or whatever, whatever the whatever the equivalent is of three losses, like like Mourinho's Chelsea team, uh, and it's all just falling apart, and no one can explain why. 
I'm like I'm like Eden Hazard. Where's my Where are my 14 goals and 10 assists that were my birthright? <laughs> Well, take heart in the fact I had a pretty decent week, all things considered. I ended up with 46 points, and it was the same as game week nine for me, where I had a really good first day of the FPL, and then that was followed up by uh, nothing doing uh, on Sunday's round of matches. But I finished That'd be four- a good team name, by the way. <laughs> nothing doing nothing FC. Doing. Nothing doing FC. That would definitely fit my style of FPL. Uh, but uh, on 46 points with no penalties, that moves me up into the top 400,000, which has always been the target. <laughs> That's the target, 400,000? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, my target, as I mentioned last week, is always the top 100,000. So to frame the podcast even even more, Josh is really the ambitious host on this podcast. <laughs> You're probably aiming for like the top 1,000 in a good season. I think I said a couple weeks ago, my, well, my goal going this season was uh, was top 500. That was that was that was the goal. I almost finished in the top one thousand last year. Five hundred seemed like a reasonable goal. Sure, I mean, you're, and it's like for your shareholders, you're always looking to increase progress, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, build exactly. on growth. That. Exactly. <laughs> and me, I am I am a nonprofit. If we want to continue that metaphor, I'm always shooting for the top one hundred k. So I think I'm close. A false profit, if you will. <laughs> I did something crazy this week, though, which. Um, I don't know if I've ever done this. Surely I've done this maybe once or twice over the last five years. But I played with a three-five-two. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about my Swansea issue with Andre Au in the midfield, and then Gomez, everybody's least favorite striker right now up Tim front. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know what to do with these guys heading in to the week, and how I was going to get Gomez out for somebody who was even more appealing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of have a dream midfield right now with Alexis, De Bruyne, Ayu, Ozil, and Mares. So I just decided to start all five of those guys and put Gomez on the bench. And thanks to Ayu's heroics um, against was it was it extra time or it was it was nearly extra time? Nearly extra time. Yeah, I actually I didn't see the goal, so I couldn't. Don't quote me on that. All right, but he's one of those active midfielders too, who tends to get. A lot of bonus points when he actually scores the goal. Absolutely. The goal. And it was really confusing because I was following the uh, live bonus points feed and I saw IU was on for three. Um, mm-hmm. Then I didn't look down to see that another IU was on for two and I just assumed that Andre was getting three, but it turns out his brother actually ended up with three. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Both IU scoring in the same game? It is weird. It is strange. That is, by the way, if, if you're not, if you're. Most people who listen probably already know this, but if, if you're if you're not going to uh, a new PLA dot net, uh, that's really where you want to go to get your like real time stat updates. I, do we like have they did they basically like hack the system or something? Because as far as I can I tell, so. it, seems, it seems like it's drawn directly from the fantasy. So I actually shouldn't even be saying this in case someone like from the, <laughs> that Somewhere. website is listening. Uh, but it is absolutely the what best. I like about it. It is it is completely faceless. I it, you would look at this site a new F, a, a new PLA and you would think that there wasn't a single human behind it like the singularity actually created this site. It's like a bunch of logos and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fantastic. I hi, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, and, it, and because there's no, there's nothing on there, it refreshes super fast. Speaking of bonus points, the the wildest bonus point issue this week I thought was Kurt Zuma. He ended up with two bonus points. After just getting an assist and letting in two goals, yeah, it doesn't seem. Yeah, I don't. I, defender bonus points seem like something of a mystery to me sometimes. It, 
It's not totally, you know, it's like when Aspilicueta got two bonus points in the first game. I mean, I shouldn't say something like a mystery because it's actually, you you would be able to go back and actually piece together exactly why they got those two bonus points. But I think it's like, it's completed passes, right? That's the biggest thing this year is that you know, they, they've, it seems that they've way. emphasized completed passes, uh, which you, you would have thought was going to really help out midfielders like Eden Nazar, but it seems like it's actually really helped out uh, defenders. I mean, um, that that is have, actually, there's people like Martin Skirtle who are just kicking the ball back and forth a lot. You know, I mean, he was on for three bonus. That was what really killed me, not to get too off track here. But, <laughs> you know, terrible, terrible week. Had Martin Skirtle, uh, even after the goal, he was on for three bonus points. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I would have had a nine-pointer from Martin Skirtle. It would have it would have That would have been the second nine-pointer in a row for you from Skirtle. Would have been the second nine-pointer in a row. Uh, of course, naturally, a completely stupid goal uh, gets scored by Sadio Mane. Uh, I love a like good bundled-in goal. Yeah, like just a crazy goal. It was actually it was very similar to the Russell Martin goal, um, the Norwich goal. I mean, not 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 the same that in the same in the sense that it was just this looping ball that somehow nobody thought to to handle. You know, it just looped over five Liverpool players and, and in. Right. Um, so I mean that that well not to. Anyway, two stupid goals. <laughs> that's a that's, that's usually what happens with Spurs. You know, usually Spurs will have this, yeah. and they'll just like they'll lose their clean sheet on some stupid goal, and that's why you typically yeah, don't or or a really amazing goal by Mares earlier this season. It was incredible that they lost the Spurs lost their clean sheet in the first minute of that game. Yes, it was just, <laughs> all those people, all those people who brought in Toby Alderwild, uh, they were yeah. they were loving it. Yeah. Okay, so what are we going to talk about on this episode of the podcast? We are going to, of course, give you the rundown of the Hail Cheaters mini league, and uh, then we'll actually do our first ever always cheating rate my team. Right. Despite uh, the fact that I said we don't do rate my teams, we're actually doing <laughs> rate my teams. <laughs> we're about to get into the business like crazy. Uh, well, then we'll give you a rundown of uh, uh, all the action from Game Week 10, more specifically uh, three main uh, fixtures that we picked out. And then, of course, we'll take you into the uh, something I'm still trying to trademark, the always cheating optimizer. Mm, into the optimizer. And uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get some transfer talk in there for Everton and United as we get you ready for Game Week 11. All right, let's do it. Okay, so going to the Hail Cheaters Mini League, we continually have to welcome new managers who are joining daily. Josh, how can they join the mini league? Uh, they can well, they can just go to our Facebook page, and there's an auto-join link there. Uh, they can also go to alwayscheating.com, click on the league button, and uh, you can join there too. Awesome. Um, who's in the lead? We should just, I guess we could just rattle off the like 17 digits that you could add in to the website. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone get a get a get a pen and a piece of paper, <laughs> and pen and paper, if you could, and then go it's to the part- then then go to uh, fantasypremierleague.com. Yeah, just get Enter your, your login. Mm-hmm. Uh, dip your dip your quill in some ink. <laughs> All right, so uh, Colin Bothwell, he's still taking charge. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Still, I dropped, thought he was going to have a, a bit overall, I, but I, I think a lot of people overall like it was not a great game week. I mean, I had a terrible game week, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't like it was a game week where everyone was getting 70, 80 points. Yeah, it's true. Uh, unless you had Harry Kane, which we'll get to right. in a little bit, uh, there wasn't right. a lot of fanfare. Right. So Colin uh, had forty, uh, still still well in the lead, um, uh, twenty seven points ahead of anybody else in our league, and he drops to two hundred and seventy seven uh, in the overall standings. And this struck me about Colin. He's obviously put together a pretty dynamite team to be that high up in the rankings, but he's got Cameron Jerome and Duf up front. Uh, yeah, and it's in a tough spot. 
yeah, uh, I, I guess he's in a situation where it's hard to dump one or the other, get somebody else in, or he's just holding out for Aguero coming back. See, he's got $3.2 million in the bank, so that may be the plan. Yeah, and uh, Diouf is, uh, should be back this week, and they're away to Newcastle. So, um, you know, you, I would love to have Diouf this weekend. Yeah. I, I, w- I won't have Diouf this weekend, but I would like to have him. <laughs> All right, so who's up there? Who else is up there with Colin in the standings? All right, we got Isle of Nabumbu, uh still in second place. Uh, Axe Murderers jumping up to third. Just like running the, running, running the, running the something, running riot right now in the league. Uh, with 56 points, uh, they're up to 580, just two behind. It feels there. strange to say go Axe Murderers, but I'll just yeah, go with it. Let's go with it. Uh, Stone Cold Stunners, uh, Mark Johnson dropped down to fourth. And Sean Kaminsky's rag, not a rag, uh, is up to fifth place. I have to point out uh, uh, at 34th position in the Hail Cheaters League is um, the Golden Boys 8. And they had the foresight to actually captain Harry Kane in this game week and ended up getting 34 points with him for a total of 70s, which looks like at least the highest score in the top 100 of Hail Cheaters. Yeah, I'd love to know that Tom Alden, uh, the Golden Boys 8. Maybe maybe it's Tom Alden. Maybe he's just the front. Well, maybe there are many many golden boys who run this account together. <laughs> eight of them. <laughs> every every eight weeks, you get your shot at the team. Maybe it's like maybe they're like eight brothers, and that's like what their mom called them. Were the the golden boys eight? <laughs> All right, so um, we got a lot of jokes this episode. <laughs> Very strong. We're on we're on fire today. All right, so then in seventy third position is the Killer Bees FC. Uh, managed by D.B. Cooper. We actually got a message from D.B. asking if we could actually rate rate his team, which we, uh, we've we never done before on this podcast, but we're happy to start here with Mr. D.B. Cooper, which I was saying to you earlier, Josh. D.B. Cooper, it sounds like sounds like a Hollywood actor name from from the 80s, like somebody who was yeah. who starred in The Breakfast Club or something was, like that. Wasn't there somebody called D.B. Cooper? I know there was a D.B. Sweeney. Um, but maybe yeah. I'm just conflating D.B. Sweeney with Bradley Cooper. Oh, D.B. Cooper, yeah, that was the person who hijacked that plane. Wasn't the person who, like, like hijacked the plane they were never found? Like, this is a real-life story? Yeah, there's a story about a, someone who hijacked a, um, uh, a plane, and um, they, I mean, they, like, they, they just, like, they jumped out over the water, or, like, like onto an island or something like that. And um, wait, wait, they were, wait. They were, let me get this straight. Somebody hijacked a plane and like like they were doing a stunt, uh, like they jumped out of the plane right as it was going to crash and they landed on an island somewhere. N- no, they like they jumped on. They hijacked the plane um, and then uh, he like jumped out and uh, was never found. That is incredible. Yeah. My God. And it's now this right. guy is playing the fantasy Premier League. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Well, okay, okay. I guess he didn't jump out of the... <laughs> Let's get this story oh, straight. God. Okay, so this is a true story. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a person who um, hijacked a plane, extorted $200,000 in ransom, and then disappeared and was never found. I actually don't know if he jumped out of the plane or if he, like, made the plane land somewhere. This is amazing. I'm really happy that D.B. Cooper is now part of, part of the Hail Cheaters League. All right, so we're going to rate DB's team here. All right. And uh, how do you want to do this, Josh? You want to start with the goalkeeping situation and work our way up to the front line? Yes. And uh, what should what, should we have like a, like a metric in place? Okay, let's go. De- like let's go. Goalkeeper, defense, midfielder, 
forwards, and we'll rate them on the Poku scale. Okay, Poku scale, right. Our yeah. favorite player in the MLS, Poku. Poku forever. One to ten Pokus. Ten being the best. Yes, one being uh, not the best. Bad Poku. Bad <laughs> Okay, so um, DB, he's, he's starting Simon Mignolet at Liverpool in his goal, and on the bench he's got McCarthy, Crystal Palace's backup keeper, who has not been getting any minutes as of late. So it's basically Mignolet is the only factor here. Right. I um, Well, and what made sense at the time, because McCarthy did start. Did he start with the first, like, five or six games? Yeah, he's got a total of 18 points in the yeah, game. Yeah, so McCarthy presumably... started the first six games. Yeah. And here, here is a question of philosophy, right? Uh, how much do you believe in goalkeeper rotation versus, right. versus um, just having one heavy hitter that you never that you never take in or out, take out of your team? And this was the problem with McCarthy in general. This is why a lot of people were, were bringing McCarthy in during wild cards, and I didn't want to do it because I was worried about this this situation happening, which is now you're you really have no rotation. Yeah, um, you know, and it's going to be very hard to ever get rid of that second goalkeeper. Um, but you can went, see how it was hard to resist because he was a 4.0 at the time. Right. But it was just I, – I mean you just got to pick your spots a little bit with that kind of thing, right? Like I know there are people who were like – were so upset when they had um, Gomez, Target, and McCarthy. Right. And it was like, well, all three of those guys were – You know they're on were, the bubble. Yeah, they were on the bubble like at every stage. No one – like everyone knew that you know once Bertrand came back, the target was gone. So it's – you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with having one of those players. Um, right. you know, I think Gomez in particular was um, right. a really attractive player on Liverpool for, for the you know, seven weeks or so that he played. Absolutely. Uh, but if you have too many gambles, then you're really in a tough spot because um, it's just going to take you forever to get rid of them. And and then you're transferring out defenders, you know, which is not um, – I mean, defenders are as you know. Really, it, my like negligence of defenders has actually been a big part of uh, what's <laughs> what's brought me down a little bit this year. All right, well, uh, we'll, I, we'll we'll get to the defense in a minute. But so yeah. on the basis of Minnie and McCarthy, um, I'm going to give this uh, maybe five Pokus out of ten. Because I, yeah, I might even say I might even say four a four Pokus. There's no rotation. And I, you know, so the thing is, Mignola is kind of expensive too. I feel yeah, like he's you, at five point one now. I feel like you could turn Mignola into into like either Jack Butland or um, uh, or into my hill, right? Uh, even though uh, West Brom, even though West Brom have some t- tough fixtures coming up, um, you're probably going to get a lot of save points with my hill anyway. So if you're only going to have one keeper, I don't think I'd want it to be Mignola, and they, they don't even really have very good fixtures coming up either. It's a, it's a tough spot with all the Liverpool players. It's, it's, it, Jurgen Klopp, it, it, the timing was really rough for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so yeah, that, that's going to that's, that's average to about five pokus right there. So in the defense, DB's got Ashley Williams of Swansea, Swansea Nacho Monreal, Craig Dawson, a personal favorite of mine, and mm-hmm. then uh, Francis, whose first name I will never commit to memory, Simon Francis <laughs> of Bournemouth. So yeah. um, he's got four starters here. Oh, also Micah Richards of Aston Villa. So he's got yeah. five starters here, which to me that's really crucial. Like you got to know that that these guys are all playing ninety minutes or, or thereabouts. So he's got full rotation happening yeah. here. And Francis, is a, you know, very valuable player. Uh, and we, we, we did our statistics. Well, he, maybe I should say he was a very valuable player. Uh, we did our defensive number breakdown. We talked about uh, just how valuable he was and how the window was kind of closing on Francis. And we're, we're seeing it now, right? I mean, the consecutive 5-1 losses. 
Yeah, um, the defense has really been been completely decimated. And there, it and what's what's tough about Bournemouth, and I think you know I, many of us are rooting for Bournemouth, right? I mean, it's hard to root against them. Up the cherries. Um, I mean, the fixtures they have coming up, you know, away to Southampton, away to Swansea, home to Everton, away to Chelsea, home to Man United, uh, even away to West Brom. Uh, just it's a very the next ten fixtures are all pretty tough. Um, they have one good fixture home to Newcastle. Right. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, Francis, it does have a bit of a bit of an assist threat too, and maybe they can pop out a clean sheet somewhere. Now, how does the, how does the Swansea defense feel to you? Because they haven't been getting a lot of clean sheets this season, and Ashley Williams, he's he's kind of an on one game, off the next sort of defender. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only two two clean sheets in ten for Swansea defenders so far. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally so fond of Ashley Williams that. But I mean, I think you, I, I would get rid of Ashley Williams. I think. Yeah, you know, I, I just want him to be more of a goal goal threat every season, and he he, he never seems got, to come through there. So he's got one point five in the bank. So you you could turn Ashley Williams into, well, you, okay. So you, there there are basically two defensive teams that you really want to start stocking up on, um, or at least picking up one defender um, for your team. One is uh, the Everton defense, and the other one is the. Uh, Man United defense because they're about to go on this. This both teams have this very long run coming up, about eight to ten weeks, where uh, the fixtures are just fantastic. Um, clean sheet potential in all of them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone everyone's talking about Everton, but Man United's fixtures are almost as good. Um, and Phil Jones is back, and he's playing every week, and that that is almost a lake for lake swap in terms of money. I think that Phil Jones is. Um, Hey, I'll I'll uh, do. Let's see, he is uh, five point uh, two. I'll do you one better. Everyone, everyone is talking about Everton. Nobody's talking about Manchester United defense. Why isn't anyone talking about the Southampton defense? Next week they're home to Bournemouth. Then they they are away to Sunderland. Then they host Stoke. And then of course they run into Manchester City. But just after City, they play Villa, and then and then they play Crystal Palace. Yeah. So. I think that's a great run. I'm looking at yeah. Virgil Van Dyke right now. Like I, I could, I'm guaranteeing you he's in my team next week. Yeah, that makes yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know. I, I I would just kill for my wild card right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't, so, have, I don't have defenders in in any of those three teams. So going go, going back to uh, DB's team here. So Williams, we want to get out. We want to upgrade him to look at Everton, look at United, maybe look at Southampton if you're like me. I think Nacho Monreal and Craig Dawson, those guys are nailed on. Great picks. And then Micah Richards, of course, uh, Aston Villa is a dumpster fire. Right. But why not, just, why not just leave him on your bench at 4.5? Right. So, and, and now well, new manager coming for Aston Villa. I mean, yeah. you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, yeah. that, the, <laughs> it's amazing, right? I mean, Sherwood was like – he was all but getting like – Carried off the field on the shoulders of his players last season, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now now they've gone on a run of well, I know they went winless in nine, so and they have okay, so they have four points or ten games. So they won their first game and they have one point from nine games. I mean, no one survives that, right? Right. Yeah. No, they don't. I, I if you're going to keep one of these guys on the bench, I would get rid of Francis first for obvious reasons. Bournemouth is just uh, going down the tubes, and you get it for, you get rid of Francis before Williams. Because to me, well, I guess Williams yeah, is away, away, away to Norwich in game week twelve and home to Bournemouth in game week thirteen. So at least at least you can get one or two points pictures. from Ashley Williams. If you're starting yeah. a Bournemouth defender, you're you're lucky if you do get that one point, if anything. Yeah. So I'm gonna rate this defense uh, six point five Pokus. 
there's good rotation here. Everybody's playing, um, but there are at least three targets here uh, to that could be swapped. Yeah, I think. Um, well, it's hard to give it. So the the rating going forward is worse than the rating that the, in the lead up to this fixture, or in, in you know the lead up into the next few game weeks. I mean, it's it's not looking good going into the next few weeks, but it looks very good up till now. I mean, Dawson's been excellent. Monreal's okay. been excellent. Okay, uh, Francis. So. Uh, but probably some changes are going to have to start taking place. Right, right. Um, well, I need a number. I need a Poku. All right. I'll say uh, six Pokus. All right. Now, we're looking at DB's midfield here. Uh, it's template-based for sure. We've got Alexis, Payet, Mares, De Bruyne, and then on the bench, uh, everyone's favorite, uh, Ashley Westwood. Ashley Westwood. <laughs> yeah. Which Ashley Westwood did not feature in game week 10 which would be a concern now westwood makes for a good bench midfielder that he's been getting 90 minutes pretty regularly you can count on him to come in and fill in and give you one or two points if needed yeah i think uh yeah i think this is a fantastic midfield um there's not even that much to say about it because it's such a um it's it's very close to what i would call the the current template midfield yeah but it's but it's one you can't really argue with no. I mean, one no. thing you could say is uh, DB's missing a differential, like a guy like Sadio Mane or um, Amezid Ozil is moving up the rankings now. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, if I – but, you know, it's – there's really nothing to argue with here. I mean, you know, I guess you, you could maybe think about if – you, if, you if you were worried about Mares or, you know, didn't feel like he was going to be kindling the – yeah, but they've got Watford – West Brom, Watford, and Newcastle in their next three, right? I mean, those yeah. are those are all great fixtures. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't change much about yeah. that midfield. 9.5 um, Pokus for me. Yeah, 9.5? 9.5. All right, I'll go, um, yeah, I'll go 9.5 too. All right, point, well, we yeah. agree, we agree. A little, little point five loss because we're all getting a little screwed with the uh, Ashley Westwood. <laughs> I think he had like a bonus point in a loss or something, like right before all of us played our wild cards. And so, I mean, I, I, does he have any, like, attacking points at all? This okay, he had an assist in game week one. Wait, who are we and, talking about? Uh, Ashley Westwood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he had an assist, he had an assist in, in uh, game week one. Right. And he had, like, a random bonus point in game week three. And I think all of us, all, many of us were looking for just, like, some some 4.5 million midfielder with some potential. Right. And uh, so we all drafted him, and it's been... That so from game week uh, four on, it's been two 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 one two zero. That's, that's not good. That's not George Boyd level. No, exactly. That's right. Where is where is this, who is the George Boyd of this season? That's an excellent question. I'm not sure if, if if they've like made their appearance yet. Well, if you do have a void a vote, if you have a if you have a Boyd vote for the season, hit us up at hail at hail cheaters on Twitter. Yeah, because I feel like we we found our Charlie Austin right. Like Jamie Vardy is doing the Charlie Austin thing this year, without a doubt. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Maybe. Um, Wes Houlihan, Jan M. Villa has actually uh, been pretty strong this year. Okay. Uh, one goal, three assists. He's a five, 5.0 uh, midfielder. Uh, Mark Albrighton for a little while. Albrighton, for sure. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that shout. Danny Drinkawater, <laughs> 4.5. Had, got you three assists so far this year. Boydian, I would Boydian. call it. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to DB's front line, uh, Pelle, Costa, and Jamie Vardy, everybody's favorite. Um, another great lineup right here. 
And what I was saying about the midfield not having much of a dif- differential, you have to kind of like Diego Costa here as a possible differential. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we have to be a little worried in that game. I mean, we saw the Costa that we... So last week they played an Estevilla team that's that's truly garbage, right? I mean, like could, like could definitely get relegated this year. Absolutely. Although, I th- although it looks like Bournemouth is going to take one of those spots, but... They're garbage, but yeah. they're also garbage that's ablaze. They are, they are flaming, hot, flaming garbage. Uh, and so he scored two goals, both of which were kind of lucky, right? Uh, one was an own goal, and one was... Um, he basically was a, got a, just he an got a, easy tap-in from William, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, given... Um, well, they were, they were playing the worst goalkeeper in the league, and I hate to say that as, a, as an American. But Brad yeah. Guzan is the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League, right? Well, did you see Arthur Burrich uh, this weekend for Bournemouth? Ah, that's an interesting show. He, okay. he was a disaster. All right, so Burich, Burich and Guzan are battling out for the worst goalkeeper. I do not disagree with you. Very sad to say that. Yeah, Guzan looks Guzan, just like wildly out of form. He really does. No confidence. He's, he's, he's going to be playing for like Chicago Fire next year. Yeah, yeah. He's, he kind of made a mold of a, that classic athletic keeper, mm-hmm. uh, a save keeper, and he's just appeared very clumsy this season. It's just not working. Out Soon he'll be, who, yeah, exactly. All right, the Pele thing. It's hard for me to talk about Pele without reading my own bias into it, which is that I, I just like what I'm gonna stop doing this year, Brandon. I've decided this was okay. like I had like a day of soul searching yesterday. I love this. I knew this was gonna turn into a Ray Josh's <laughs> team. <laughs> well, this is you know we're using this as a way to talk about the league more generally. Yes. I don't know if I told DB that when I said we'd rate his team, but that's that's what's happening. So be it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I didn't want to pick up Pele, and I, you know, but we we talked about the stats a couple of weeks ago, and um, it just it seemed like you know all the underlying stats were there. I mean, the actual like the 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 points were there too. You know, he had been scoring and assisting, and um, and uh, you know, I thought about differentials. I thought about Kane. I thought about other people, and I was like, nope, I have to bring in Pele. It's the logical choice, right? And uh, I'm just I'm I'm not playing with my heart right now. Right you now, it's a little too everything's a little too by the book. And so, I, are I'm you just, playing with fear? Would you say like fear that everyone else is going to get Pele in and and ride I, the wave? Yeah, maybe gotcha. that might be part of it. Um, fear of making a decision that isn't rational. Yeah, I think I think the I think it's a little more fun to do the Premier League when you're taking some risks. Right. You know, I mean, even if they're calculated risks. I mean, I brought in Wilfred Boney a couple weeks ago, and that was like that was the right kind of calculated risk. Yeah, and it worked uh, for you. You got a brace right off the bat. Yeah, even though you looked terrible in that Man United game. Well, every, although, everyone kind of looked terrible. Everyone looked terrible, and I, I don't know how much to blame him because no one was giving him the ball. I mean, Yaya Torre honestly shouldn't even been on the pitch. I mean, that, was, that was he was out of control that game. He had just no. I mean, that guy had no interest in playing that game. Uh, he's probably mad about like they missed his half birthday or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his deal was. Uh, but no one was feeding him the ball, and and that was you know if he wasn't injured, you could bring in someone like Samir Nasri, who sometimes has this kind of like nasty quality, you know, where he can just like he just like like he, the guy like as much as I dislike Nasri, I, I I admire the way he can just be kind of a jerk sometimes. Have you seen Nasri's you know, new throw, haircut, by the way? No, I haven't. Oh, he's just like gone all full full bleach blonde. He looks like Robin, that's a Swedish pop singer. Oh, interesting. Oh. Uh so you know they they played an emotional game in the Champions League uh on was it Tuesday or Wednesday? And uh De Bruyne was not at his best. No, he kept uh, he kept giving the ball away. Yeah, so just just a yeah, just a weird game. So, uh, but anyway, that was like Boney was, was fun to root for him because it was like an, it was a player that I had that not many people had, and it was sort of 
you know, I don't know. So I, I miss having that. I feel like there's I don't like it when I'm running like with everybody else. You know, it's more like I'd rather I'd rather win or lose on my own terms a little bit more. So would you like to have Diego Costa in your front line right now? Uh, yeah, I think I would, actually. So I like I like his Costa. I mean, the thing is, like you just mentioned how good Southampton's fixtures are. I mean, they are they're great coming up. So um, I'm not certainly not taking Pele out right now. No, no, I yeah, there will be a strong impulse to captain him next weekend. Yep, I think so too. Uh, so we've got um, yeah, but Costa, you know, I mean, the fixtures are okay coming up. Um, the worry is just the the team itself is not firing at all. Yeah, and they're really, they're kind of imploding. It's inexplicable. Yeah. It, really, it cannot be explicit. <laughs> All right, so, so I'm okay. gonna I'll, I will go I'll go a hard eight on this front line. Jamie Vardy is inarguable. Pele is a good shot with the fixture run coming, and Costa good for good as a, a differential, but um, the team play at Chelsea is questionable. Yeah, I think. Um... I'm gonna take. I mean, he's, he's getting a one point uh, drop because of my anti Pele bias. Wow. Uh, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give him uh, seven pokus. No, no, no. That that's unfair. Seven point five pokus. All right. So somebody out there should tally up all the pokus for us, <laughs> and then we can get a DB's final score. But I'd say he did. He did pretty well, and um, he's made twelve transfers total this season. So pretty prudent with his transfers. Not taking yep. a lot of hits there. Yep. And, top two hundred K on the season. Just yeah. excellent. Yeah. And a good team value at one hundred and two point one million with one point five million in the bank. So um, DB, it looks like you've got some room to maneuver with those transfers we were suggesting. Yep. I think the move this week would be to do something with the defense. Yeah, for sure. I think every, we should all all cheaters out there need to look at our, look at our defense. Take a long, take a long look. <laughs> Hard luck. All right, so let's let's review the action from game week ten. Um, or the main events, to be specific. Saturday was a little light until we got to, if you're on the East Coast here in New York, until you got to 12.30 with Arsenal-Everton. Um, but before that, of course, uh, we saw the AU duel uh, at the early kickoff where um, I got my two bonus points. Yeah, did uh, you watch that game? I did not watch this game, no. Uh, all, I mean, all these games were happening simultaneously. So what game did I actually watch? I watched the West Ham-Chelsea game, uh, which yeah, was pretty I- entertaining. Yeah, I watched that game just too. to watch it was Chelsea good. completely fall apart. It was pretty entertaining. I, I was really surprised that Paye got to keep that assist. I, f- I frankly wasn't surprised. Um, particularly on corner kicks, Opta seems pretty generous. Okay. With yeah. the, unless it's like, I don't know, unless somebody uh, grabs the ball and makes a football like move, it feels like the assist is still on. It felt like a football like move, though. I mean, it was a pretty significant. So the, the ball goes into the box. Diego Costa kicks it out. Mm-hmm. And then um, and the guy gets the ball. But like that. But usually a kick out is not considered a like it's not like a it wasn't like that was a shot on goal that the, that the goalkeeper kicked out. You know, it was, I was uh, I wish I was looking at this replay right now so I could we could talk. We could talk through it as I watch. But I yeah, can't, maybe I can't didn't change the, it didn't change the direction of the ball enough or something. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty interesting match, too. I was really frustrated with, with Hazard. Uh, who, like, is just so out of form. It's it's really it's hard to watch um, because he he won't he won't even shoot on goal anymore. I mean he he's so fast still and his, you know his positioning is fantastic. Um, 
but he every time he's in the box now he turns he he like turns back out you know he starts heading to the corner and trying to find someone to pass it like he's just not that that aggression that that has marked Skane the first couple of years in the Premier League is is really uh, not there. Do you right. think he's playing like a guy who he, he wants to show everyone that he doesn't want to be there in a way like he he's just kind of done and wants out? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's really true. I, it's hard to say not knowing the kind of guy he is. I don't feel like I have a really good sense of who Hazard is as but, a person. Is he a petty person? Is he a but I, no, I think generous the fact, person? I think the fact that we don't know that much about him is the sign that he is a pretty good guy. Right? Yes, that's true. I, I, I would accept that. I, he just seems like a normal person, like a nice person. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if he did want it. I'm sure half that team wants out right now. I mean, that season, you know, I mean, you've got you, like your coach is losing his mind in front of everybody. <laughs> and uh, there's just no, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's, it's really uh, and there's there's no combination that seems to be working um, every game. There's some it's always the referee's fault, like in spite of all available evidence. I mean, yeah. how could you argue with the red card in that game or the two yellows? I mean, it was you can't you really yeah, can't. You can't. And the ball didn't cross the line. I'm sorry, but it didn't. You know? <laughs> that, was, that was the best. I mean, was that perhaps the closest goal line technology we've seen yet since they introduced it? I couldn't believe they didn't call that a goal. I mean, I, I, mean, I can believe it because it did. But like watching it in real time, that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean, any previous year, they would have called that a goal. Yeah. But I mean, the watch, without, the watch doesn't the go without, off. Without, it's not a goal. Without, no, but I mean, like back in like you know two years ago, whatever before, like yeah. that, that is absolutely a goal. Yeah, they 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 probably would. Yeah. So the main event this uh, of Saturday was Arsenal Everton. Uh, yeah. Did did you think the scoreline was a little flattering for Everton here? Well, possibly, um, especially considering the way the goal was scored. I mean, you you could almost count it as an own goal. Yeah. Uh, I thought it actually might get counted as an own goal. I mean, I, I guess it was. It, Barkley it was likes not, a good deflected goal. So far away, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, how many of those has he scored through his career? Million. Um, so, <laughs> to, to be generous, yeah. Uh, there was nothing because there was, there was really obviously there's nothing uh, Chuck could do uh, when he tra- shot it. I thought they looked a lot better in the second half. Um, like maybe from like the 60th minute on, they yeah. they had a couple chances. Lukaku almost scored. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought Arsenal looked great, though. Um, it was it was it was a really strong performance. I mean, they kind of like you know Everton really wanted to win this game. They really, um, you know, they wanted to to you know come back after that um, after that Man U game. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, Arsenal just really they, they dominated. So a couple talking points here. Um, one, Olivier Giroud gets the start. So you've got the Giroud Walcott conundrum once again, and I think a. Uh, you're you're tempted to put Giroud up as another differential going back to our rate my team exercise that we just did, which went very well, Josh, I think. Um, <laughs> Giroux, I thought, it, when I thought it would take us 10 and it took us 35 minutes, but other than that, I thought it went pretty well. When Giroud's on form, he is a great fit for this Arsenal team, but he's not a guaranteed start. Um, and that's a concern, but it's also a concern for a lot of people who probably bought, brought Walcott into their teams over the last uh, month, we had like six consecutive starts in the league. I think. Yeah, you you can't have other player. That, that's just all there is to it. You can't have Drew or Walcott. Right, right. It's, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, you just don't know when you're going to get a one pointer from those teams, and there are so many midfielders right now who are delivering. 
Yeah. I mean, just up and down the league, right? I mean, yeah. just, you know, six, seven, eight million to midfielders who are all in that price range and uh, lots of forwards, too, for that matter, uh, who, you know, who you could have instead of Giroux. So, right. um, yeah, you just got to put your eggs in the Sanchez or the. OK, so so Sanchez is obviously the the, the main character here but yeah, yeah you've got you've got the double arsenal midfield right now with those i do i kind of lucked out with ozil because he was um a gamble to start the season i i mean everyone is picking arsenal to win the league and i felt like ozil wasn't in a lot of initial teams um as we were all building our teams before game week one so i brought ozil in on a punt and i've just been lucky how he's really emerged uh, after the first, he ten could weeks. have scored in that game too. Yeah, I mean, they, there was that. There was that offside, kind of a marginal offsides call in the first half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know that was saved by Tim Howard, but you know, it was a pretty good shot on goal. That is, he the just frustra- looks so aggressive. He does. The frustrating thing with Ozil though is um, he's always on the verge of scoring. Um, <laughs> he is always going to put it off the post or put it right at the keeper. He's but very good like he, at shooting right at the keeper. But he is actually scoring a, a fair amount this season. I mean, not just in the in the Champions League too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm super happy to have him, and yeah. uh, this got to be the this might be the best run of form he's had since he joined Arsenal. I mean, I think I know he had a run his first season where he had like two or three, like maybe it was three double digit games in a row mm-hmm. uh, around like Christmas time or something like that. But that was it didn't feel quite as good. As, he feels like the dominant player in that team right now. I mean, I know that I know that. That Sanchez is he and Sanchez sort of combined are doing it. But well, he's uh, yeah. Ozil's, Ozil's just pulling all the strings. He's the quarterback, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we can use a sports metaphor on a sports podcast, <laughs> he's so, the he's the conductor. Yeah, and uh, Arsenal's defense. A lot of people are investing in Bellerin and Monreal. Koscielny here scores. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a weird situation because Gabriel – so Mertesacker apparently was just sick, and uh, he should be able to play in the Capital One Cup game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that feels like a tricky situation. I'm not sure why you'd want either of those players when you could have Bellerin, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the other big talking point for me here, and we're going to get to some transfer talk with Everton in a little bit, but how do the last two results for Everton impact how we feel about their, their mental health? going into this run of fixtures um well i think the fixtures are going to have to cure it um and i would expect that they will you know i think that it's a just a very strong run of games about they have 10 weeks where you expect them to be favored in probably eight of those 10 games um and the jake yoga thing is tough though right because he is yeah really, yeah really the, the heart of that team it all it, he is the captain he's the the I guess the the general, if you will, but yeah. Mar- more than him, so, uh, Roberto Martinez is. Yeah, we go back to the whole dry cleaning pronunciation of his name, Martinez. <laughs> I think it do- it does turn. Okay, well, anyway, so we'll we'll get into the Everton defense in a minute. It, from a fantasy perspective, I feel fine about their attackers, but it does worry me a little bit. There, the, the defenders long term, I'm a little yeah. worried. Yeah, yeah. So that's your Saturday, and then Sunday was obviously a big day with um, two premier derbies happening. Sunderland, Newcastle, Sam Allardyce got his first win 3-0 over Newcastle. So uh, I I have to laugh at all of the people who said when Aldham suddenly became essential after his four goals. You were just, you were so delighted, I'm sure. Chuffed, I was. I still can't believe you got up for this game. I was I we we had come we had come off of a, quite a long night out carousing <laughs> um, with some pals and Both I was 
five, to our respective homes around uh, 5 a.m. Yeah. Same. So I was on about three hours of sleep. And yeah. I woke up for this game because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> so did you, like, set an alarm or were you just, like... No, yeah, I set an alarm. alarm. Yeah. You set an alarm to wake yeah. up three hours later. Yeah. That actually is crazy. I always set an alarm on the weekend. Because otherwise, I wouldn't wake up. Oh, really? I, I, I'm, like, turning one of those people now where I, like, it's, like, 8 o'clock and I'm just, I'm up. No, I would, I would sleep until, like, 1230 in the afternoon if I didn't have an alarm, <laughs> no matter what the day. Wow. I am, I am anti-farmer. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, it yeah. was it was worth watching just for the the second half spectacle when Sunderland really came into it and started scoring the goals and taking the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, this is we thought we thought they would look a little tighter with Allardyce. Um, yeah, I mean, the, all the defender points for Sunderland in that game were crazy. Um, I think that they DeAndre uh, Yedlin getting a clean sheet. Yeah, Yedlin got a clean sheet. Uh, Pantamelon got uh, ten points. Uh, Billy Jones had a 15-pointer. Um, and how many times, by the way, have you, have you been hoping for that 15-pointer? How many times is it like you have like one game left in the game week and you've got only one defender left and you're like, maybe a 15-pointer? That was Craig Dawson against Everton earlier this season when he got the, he got his goal. Uh-huh. It didn't happen, though. It didn't happen. <laughs> and then oh, was... an early defender goal is one of, the, one of the greatest things that can happen to you. Oh, yeah. Then you can just stop rooting for a clean sheet. I've got <laughs> yeah, like, you take your cares? points and you go home. Yeah, exactly. It's a little different than it used to be. I, when, they, when they tweaked the rules a couple of years ago, it used to be if a defender scored a goal, even if they lost the clean sheet, they were on for three bonus points. Yeah. And nowadays, that is definitely not the case. Not so much. Yeah. All right, then, uh, then, uh, uh, Harry Kane got his hat trick against Bournemouth, uh, as we've mentioned, ad nauseum. Bournemouth not looking so hot. Spurs on the rise, though they have they have a tough run of fixtures coming up. Yeah. And then um, the big derby, the uh, Manchester derby. Everyone is <laughs> reporting that it was a snooze. I watched yeah. it. I can confirm. Yep, yeah, it was a total dud. As a De Bruyne owner, he probably looked as bad as he's looked. Um, the entire season yeah he's he's, he's a little he, probably a little exhausted from playing so much and he um do you have any concern that they might rest him this weekend uh i i mean home to norwich i would guess not because um i guess they can't right because it's, it's, he, it's yeah, silva he, and Nazri are both out he is the creative midfielder for them right now yeah. and as we discussed yaya tori is just kind of <clears throat> Um, a wild man or a, a very um, uninspired man going forward. Yeah. The fantasy site says that Silva is due back this weekend, but I, I'm not sure that that's true. I, I don't, is he even practicing yet? Um, I have not heard. I, I have not heard word that he. I saw a picture yet. of Silva riding an exercise bike next to Sergio Aguero, also riding an exercise bike. <laughs> That is right. not an image that instills me with a lot of confidence. <laughs> no, it's true. You, you need them like in the jersey, like with like the like with the penny, you know, over them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario, I think, is that okay, maybe Silva plays instead of De Bruyne for some reason. Silva mm-hmm. would play sixty minutes, and then De Bruyne would come in, and he would probably score a goal or something. Okay, like that. sure. I mean, uh, Norwich haven't kept a clean sheet all year. No, they haven't. Yeah, yeah, as we know. Mm-hmm. Mr. Martin, we're looking at you. Where's that next book? <laughs> George R. R. Russell Martin. <laughs> All right, so um Kolarov was back to to everyone's delight who hung on to him. Mm-hmm. And he gets I his know. clean sheet. Yeah, I I can't believe I jumped the gun. I mean it, it was just based on that press conference where um 
he made it sound like he was going to be out for a month, like and, like through the inter- next international break. Right. And uh, yeah, Merrick will come back. Uh, I burned four points to get rid of him, and, and uh, bring in Zabaletta, who's and not got, playing. It was just I honestly I can't I don't know what happened there. I lost my mind. <laughs> like on a, the Friday night before that game week, I just absolutely lost my mind. It's the only explanation. I I already made my two transfers. I was I was done. <laughs> So this is, I mean, this is a tough game to talk about fantasy wise because I don't think we learned anything. Yeah. Um, I guess Phil Jones would be one of the key takeaways, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five point two defender uh, picked up three bonus points. Yeah, uh, Bill Boney. He looked isolated, but he didn't look. He he couldn't hold the ball up to save his life. Yeah, I mean, you know, he looked he looked great against Bournemouth, and he's. I'd be very surprised if. Uh, I had not play. Yeah. 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 Boney will play. Yeah. Boney Boney plays. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of playing, Christian Benteke gets in. uh, Liverpool versus Southampton. He made a substitute appearance and scored a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the game where we both lost clean sheets at the death. Uh, Me with Nathaniel Klein. You with Martin Skirtle. Yeah, that was a tough one. Benteke now down to 8.2 points. Uh, fixtures still aren't very good. I mean, they have Chelsea and Man City away in the next three. Uh, so, you know, long term, maybe, I guess, you know, game week 14, uh, they've got a run where they play uh, Swansea, Newcastle, West Brom and Watford and then Leicester and then Sunderland. Yeah, actually, that gets pretty good. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, like I think if you can hold off for about three weeks on bringing in a uh, bringing in some Liverpool players, you're going to be feeling pretty good about yeah, things. it's going to be a tough three weeks for you just know that going into it mm-hmm. hang tough <laughs> and southampton southampton struggled a little bit here Pele didn't see much of the ball at all um but i mean who cares he's playing at home to bournemouth next week yeah exactly he'll uh, pro- he'll he'll probably then i mean hopefully if he doesn't next week make up for the points that he hasn't got the last two weeks i think there will be a lot of disappointed managers out there yeah, I mean, I think we, we can see what Liverpool is trying to do right now. I mean, they're, he's trying to find out what the best team is, and he has a lot of injured players. And so what do you, what do, you do in that situation? You you, know, you tighten things up. Right. Um, you don't leave yourself exposed. Um, it, was, it was really an unfortunate goal. I mean, not just from a fantasy perspective. I, it was a shocking goal. I don't know I don't know if you felt the same way. I, I honestly thought that it was going to be one nothing. I, I couldn't believe it. When it was shocking. Scored. I mean, uh, just the way Jurgen Klopp celebrated when Benteke scored, they, yeah. I think that they felt that they had been organized enough the entire game that with that goal, that it was done. It was over. There was no way Southampton was scoring. I wonder if Lalana gave him one of those hugs again. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thanks, Dad hug. Yeah, and then Mane lost his mind. He did. Fact, yeah, it was crazy. Two yellow cards after that, right? Like one was in the 80. I think, they're, I think they both came after the goal, didn't they? That was, uh, yeah, in a very short span of time. That was actually great watching it because I think Mane is a great midfield differential and mm-hmm. a lot of serious managers are fielding him right now. <laughs> so he gets the game winning goal. Maybe he's looking at some bonus <laughs> points and then he comes yeah. out and gets a red card. He basically alleviates all that concern. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then my concern jumps to, Oh God, this will impact the type of service and attacking play that Pele is working with next week. And we want to see him scoring a lot of goals. Ah, but it won't matter because uh, there's a Capital One Cup game this week. Yes. So his, his, yes. Uh, his red card does not matter from, so from a fantasy So basically, this was the perfect outcome for everybody. 
Yeah, basically. It worked out great. It was really good. Okay, so we've kind of been hinting at this the entire episode, but we do want to quickly touch upon some transfer talk, particularly Everton. Coming upon Game Week 11, much touted as the start of their epic run in which they will move up to first place in the Premier League table. (laughs) Now, who is really worth investing in? Right now, we have we've expressed some concern over Everton's defense, largely going to focus our efforts towards the attackers, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, I will have to find out exactly who fills in for um, Jags, you know, who fills. Yeah. Yeah. Geez. Who fills in for Jags? Uh, Because he is a is a hard guy to replace. Uh, Looks like it's going to be Funes Mori. Funis? Yeah, that's Funis that's Mori. Funis Mori. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so Funis Mori. It could be um, Tyus Browning too. Yeah, um, you were you were expressing some concern at the height of type at uh, Funis Mori. He's only five nine. Seems a bit short, doesn't it, for a uh, for a defender? I, I guess, guess there is that. Who's that defender on the? Who's the center back on the Chilean national team? Uh, oh, you know like, the, about, like the the, the, the bulldog the, guy. Yeah, yeah. I think that guy's pretty short, and I think he plays the center back. Is so it, it is, can be done. Is it like Hollywood actors, right? Like they're actually a lot shorter when you meet <laughs> them in person. You didn't expect them to be so short after seeing them on screen. Yeah, I. I, I, I mean, yeah, Jack Yelka could be five four for all you know. That's true. We don't really know. Yeah, I, that, that's true. And, and and where's the vertical leap? Is the is uh, Funes Mori's vertical leap on his Wikipedia page? I like this. Has, Phil Jack goes, he's back on, on, on Christmas Day, on Boxing Day. What Isn't a re- that nice? What a return it will be. What a, what a Boxing Day present that will be. <laughs> yeah. His children will be on the sidelines going, yay, Daddy, happy Boxing Day. Uh, any, so, okay, I think. Uh, I will I, register my concern over this Everton defense going into this stretch. Okay, yeah. They've, well, they've kept what? I think they've kept three clean sheets so far in the season. Uh, which is uh, you know reasonable. One yeah. away to Tottenham, one home, one away to Swansea, one away to Southampton. Isn't that interesting? Three um, three clean sheets in games. You wouldn't necessarily expect them to keep them. Yeah. Uh, I know they you know, they gave up two goals uh, to Southampton at home at the beginning of the season. They're they're never the tightest of defenses. I would say. I, I you know under under Roberto Martinez they, they, they've they're I feel like they get a lot of goals. Like they're they're known for having goal scoring defenders. Um, Leighton Baines, you know, Seamus, Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman um, even Phil J. Yelko, right? Last year, what did he, I think, did Jake oh, he had that goals? screamer in the Merseyside derby. Yeah, he had four goals last year. Yeah, he uh, get, he get, he he can get his head on him too. And Brendan Galloway has been really involved inside I the know. box. He played so far forward in that Everton game. Uh, kind of mistake filled, I will say, but he was on the ball a lot. Yeah, he plays young, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, but the problem is with Galloway. I mean, you, you get him for like two weeks, and then it's international break, and looks like Baines is set to come back. So yeah. um, it's probably not worth it. Um, yeah. I think spend a little more money, you know. So I guess I would look at John Stones. Um, I mean, Seamus Coleman, if you had the money, I mean, if have, a lot of people have money right now after the, after the Aguero thing. So yeah. Coleman is an interesting option. He's 5.9. Um, always a goal threat. Um, has a goal already this season, I believe, right? He does not. He has, he has one assist, uh, but he's looked dangerous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of hard hitting stats. People can't <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what I is... that, yeah. I think I would go with John stones. Uh, who's a really solid defender. Uh, Picks up bonus points when they keep clean sheets. He's already, he already has three bonus points in the season. Um, 
doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't pick up a lot of yellow cards, mm-hmm. uh, only has one through the first 10 games. So I, yeah. I, I think I like Stones. All right, let's 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 stop dancing around it. Barkley and Lukaku, are the, these are the only guys we need to look at, right? Yeah, yeah. So Bar- so the question is, how much do you want Barkley? I mean, do you want Barkley so much that you're willing to get rid of Mares or yeah. Ayat? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I, IU would be the like the like for like for me, and I think I, I think I'd be happy to make that swap. Yeah, but I mean, then that means I'm yeah. benching Mares. So he scored the yes, we scored against Arsenal, kind of an own goal that was counted as a goal. Uh, looked great at the start of the season. Uh, had uh, two goals and three assists in the first five games. Uh, the four games before this, um, he hadn't done anything. Yeah, definitely dipped in form. Um, and not in, you know, like not a great run of fixtures, but not terrible either. Uh, so, yeah, at 6.8, though, that money can be spent elsewhere. I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I think Lukaku is the one that I'd look at first uh, and then Barkley second. Yeah, I had 6.8 for Barkley. I had, it's That feels like a value to me. Yeah, it, it, well, it is value, but there's, there are just so many value midfielders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you looking at bringing in a, 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 a Everton player? It would only be Lukaku or Barkley, and um, I think it's going to have to be one or the other. And, and you've already got you've, yeah, and you've got Tim Gomes just wasting away. I do, but I could continue to play the three-five-two, and if I bring in right. Barkley for Ayu, then I run Alexis De Bruyne, Ozil, Barkley, and Mares, and then. Yeah, that's that. Actually, might be a might, that that could be an interesting move. Yeah, but Lukaku is he, he's guaranteed to come out with like what like at least three or four or five goals in in the next uh, month or two. Yeah, you would think. I mean, based on you know he's he's not. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent so far this year. He scored five goals. He has two assists. He's been consistent for Lukaku. Okay, which, yeah, but which is a little inconsistent. I think he's actually been a little more consistent than he's been in previous years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't had like one of those epic ten week stretches where he hasn't scored. Right. Uh, he's already picked up eight bonus points this year too. Right. Um, and he's and he's eight point four, which is you know it's very affordable. I agree. That's he is he is correctly priced. Thank you to the FPL game for correctly yeah. pricing. Him. I'd rather have Lukaku than than like uh, Diego Costa over the next. Five or six weeks. Right. So now you're also mentioning uh, United's fixture list coming up is almost equally enticing, but not a lot of people are talking about them. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe because we still don't know which United players we want. I mean, uh, Juan Mata is – I mean, you were actually right uh, a few weeks ago when you were <laughs> – when you badmouthed him ahead of his goal. Hey, my unpopular opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, will, I will always uh, be proven right. Just give me enough time. But 81, point, or 81 minutes the game week after that, uh, 45 minutes subbed off at halftime, and then 66 minutes after that. So it seems like he's lost a little bit of trust with, um, with uh, Van, Van Hall. Van Gaal. And, uh, you know, but, like, who's, who's the midfielder who you're, who's always going to start in that game? And I think, I mean, Andre Herrera is really tempting if he actually plays every week. Right. Um, because uh, when he plays, he performs. Uh, but it just, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know if he has like defensive failings that makes it hard to play him every week. Uh, I know he's not the biggest guy in the world. Yeah, he does seem slight, less commanding. Yeah. Uh, so um, what's going so on I, with Daily Blind? Why hasn't he played the last two games? I'm not. I'm not really sure, actually. Because um, he's kind of like they kind of play Blind in like a. 
Santi Gazzola role, right? Like he's sort of he's yeah. not quite a defensive mid. He's like well, a deep line playmaker. Yeah, and he's a little screwed by the team setup now. Like he he found his niche early in the season as central defense, but now yeah. they have Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger and also Carrick on the bench. There's well, that's what I'm. Yeah, no he was need to yeah. play blend. Well, he was. Yeah, you're right. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't really deep line playmaker so much as a player who. Hung around just he was like, deep line. He was almost like a sweeper, like like yeah. like you might have it like in high school or something. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> so his defense is really baffling for United. It feels like they have like an entirely new cast of defenders every week, week in, week out. Yeah, I mean, who's yeah? I mean, like Chris. So Chris Welling is the is the one option who seems to be playing every single week. Uh, very expensive though. I mean, for six point four million, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you're laying a lot out. I mean, he's. Really, he has performed really well this year. Uh, you know, he's on uh, he's on seven bonus points. Has kept let's see, one, two, three, four, five. He's kept six clean sheets. Um, so you know, I I guess if you have the money, then Smalling would be an interesting option. I mean, I, I guess I'd rather have Smalling than any of the defenders on Everton. Yeah, Rojo is not very appealing to me. He's a strange player. He can't. He will be getting crosses into the box, contributing to the attack, but. Um, yeah, and is is he going to play every week? Uh, you know, I mean, he hasn't. He didn't play against Arsenal. Um, yeah, I think it just depends on what the extent is. Um, yeah, with yeah. Uh, and Valencia's with Tony V's uh, injury. Yeah, so I guess the one player, so Chris Smalling, possibly Phil Jones, and um, and then Anthony Marshall, uh, who I thought looked pretty dangerous in that game. I, think I agree. Like a moment of brilliance. Uh, he split he split the defenders out there on the left a couple times and looked incredibly bright and confident doing so. Yeah, his shot like the 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 underlying stats do not paint a, a an especially rosy picture. Yeah. Uh, he's not he's not taking a lot of shots on goal. Uh, the ones he's taking, he's scoring on. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's always the question of like whether that means he's just more judicious. Or whether he just isn't quite the attacking player that we think he is. I don't know. I think um, they've been playing him. Style. They've been playing him a little wider out uh, they, the yes. last month or so. So if he if he gets moved, maybe more centrally during the easier fixtures. Yeah, he's basically taken Memphis's spot. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened, right? I mean, that guy. Me- Memphis hasn't played the last two games. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they've slotted him. In. And the the problem, of course, is that Wayne Rooney. There's just nothing. There, like there's nothing he can do to get dropped from that team. It just does not matter how long he plays poorly. Yeah. It, it, it's incredible, right? I mean, it is. He was a complete non factor in that game. He was. I, I assume you've got to play him for his um, his experience in those big games and just hope. I mean, this has kind of been the season of hope, right? Um, with guys like Alexis or Aguero or Harry Kane now who yeah. have not been on form, and you just hope, hope, hope that that one game week comes along. Yeah. And there he is. And I guess Rooney, of all of these guys, seems the farthest away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and a complete uh, non-must-own in fantasy. Yeah. I'm also going to make the case in our transfer talk for some Southampton players, like I said earlier. You've got to be looking at their defense with with some of their fixtures coming up. Yep, I thought you made a pretty compelling case uh, an hour or two ago. Yeah, and I closed it. I closed that case. (laughs) I just want to make sure that... um, that people haven't forgot about me. All right, Brendan, let's get right to game week 11. Uh, first fixture of the game week is Chelsea-Liverpool. Very interesting match. Absolutely. Very hard to uh, 
to be excited about any of your fantasy prospects in this game. Um, yeah, I almost want to get rid of Nathaniel Klein just so I have zero fantasy stake in this game and I just get to watch the sheer spectacle that it's going to be. Any, it seems like any result is on the table. Yeah. Like a 2 nothing Liverpool win or a 3-3 draw or a nil-nil snoozer. Like, I, I would believe anything in this game. I mean, everyone keeps waiting for, I mean, we've only had two matches to watch Jurgen Klopp, but we keep waiting for his Premier League baptism. Yeah. I mean, what it's, what better baptism than to beat Jose Mourinho at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it it could happen. And there's, I love the I love the polar opposite of managerial moods where you have the uh now like clinically insane Jose Mourinho versus the I guess maybe some people would say Klopp is a little insane, but like the ceaselessly positive. <laughs> I know. I feel like I like I, I'm I've, I'm growing to hate Jose Mourinho, and I feel I feel like I feel like I hate him even more than most people do because is this, a, is this like a dad issue? Well, no, it's more like I like I defended him for so long. Maybe it is like a dad issue. <laughs> it's like it was like I was like such a I was such a Jose Mourinho proponent. Like, oh, like this guy just plays mind games. He's smarter than the rest of us. Like, or, you know, he's just he's so clever. This is just the way he does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I think he's actually like nuts. Like he's I mean, he's losing his mind. Like, uh, it's absolutely. So. Yeah, it's 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 disturbing. And uh, it makes me question myself for for supporting him for so long. <laughs> So yeah, I agree. It's really yeah. So he's of... like my father. <laughs> there we go. Now, now the now we can finally stop this <laughs> podcast because we've it served its purpose. So is there it's any the goodwill hunting purpose? Is there any fantasy prospect in that game that you'd be excited to? No, and I mean, I'd say the one thing I'd be sure of is that there wouldn't be a clean sheet on either side. That's my feeling. I don't know. I can I can see this being like the Man U Man City game where uh-huh. just you know early mornings games are you know kind of weird sometimes I I don't know I I, I find I think one... these teams are too both too prone to make mistakes though yeah I guess that's true uh, this feels like a very hard game to predict let's yeah. go let's, let's go move another, on another another one one for Jurgen Klopp <laughs> all right so the uh, Crystal Palace host uh, Manchester United Crystal Palace having a small dip in form. This feels like a game. If I wasn't a fantasy, if I, if if I, you know, I, I don't think I'll have any fantasy players in this game. Uh, and if I was just, if it was, if I was looking for a pure watch, this would be a fun one to watch because uh, I really think Crystal Palace is going to win this game. Yeah, and I would really like to see it happen. Um, I think that uh, this this is a game where I would start Will Zaha. Yeah, if, Zaha was yeah, shunned were, by United. I should say start if I were Ellen Pardo. I don't know if you want to start him in fantasy because he, I guess he's not necessarily a consistent starter anymore, or maybe he just didn't start in that. Um, that Leicester game for some reason? I don't know. It was a, kind of strange. Yeah, it's a tough one to call. Tough one to predict his minutes, I guess. But yeah, yeah. he'll always have something to prove against United because he he um, had oh, his opportunity right, to break into that team, which he wasn't able to do. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, so I, I, I suspect he actually will start. Sure. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's like I think a two nothing Crystal Palace win. So then this game isn't going to be a part of your lauded uh, Manchester United uh, run of fixtures. No, I don't think so. I think uh, Crystal Palace away is actually not a great fixture for Manchester. Right. Okay, so then the other Manchester Manchester City is hosting Norwich. Yep. Uh, uh, goals another... goals here for City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to predict a five one Man City win. Okay. Uh, who's going to score that Norwich goal out of curiosity? 
Russell Martin, Russell number Martin. four in this season. <laughs> he dances he had, with the dragons this week. I, I am excited about the the Russell Martin, Dia Mercy, Mabakani back and forth all season for, for, for the gold title. How much do you love Mabakani on a scale of one to ten pokus? Uh, probably an 8.75. So I'm going to give him like a pitchfork Poku score. He's best new Poku. <laughs> I'm going to give him a full 10 out of 10 Pokus. Did I, I am... read right that Mobokani is ill? I think I saw that he was ill today. He's very tough, Brandon. Don't worry about him. He'll be fine. <laughs> he just hates Capital Cup games, Capital One Cup games. <laughs> okay, so 5-1. I don't disagree with you. I actually, I... I think City will keep a clean sheet easily in this game. All right. Well, they've been they've been letting in some howlers. All right. Newcastle Stoke. What do we think? Who, which Newcastle shows up for this game? Uh, probably somewhere in between the Newcastle that showed up for Sunderland and the Newcastle that showed up that hosted Norwich. Yeah. That, okay. All right. So like uh, maybe a two, two, a, two, a two goal Newcastle. Yeah, I would say a two one Newcastle win here. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I can't believe that. I, I like I, who knew that Jeff Cameron was so integral to that Stoke team yeah. that losing him early on would just like tear a hole through that defense. Well, the good news for Stoke is that it sounds like Ryan Shawcross is very close to coming back into the starting lineup now, and that could help shore things up. Okay, yeah, I feel like I've been hearing that he's been very close for a long time. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's like when Arsene Wenger talks about like Jack Wilshire, and so it's always very, very close, very, very mm, close. It's like, yes. no, 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 setback. He's out for six months. He's very good at FIFA. You have to see him play. It's incredible. All right, uh, Swansea Arsenal. Uh, hmm, Arsenal away. Would you consider captaining Alexis in this game? I don't know. I I feel like Alexis is running out of steam a little bit. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, and he might he might need to sort of build back up to. Yeah, he won't insane. play in the Capital One Cup game this week for sure. So yeah. he'll have a week off. I, I think he'll I think he'll be okay. Yeah, that's true. No Champions League fixture for to to mess things up. He could end up being kind of a differential this weekend. Yeah, um, because there are a lot of caption options elsewhere. I mean, uh, I think uh de bruna on uh, man city is maybe the 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 most tempting captain option yeah if I, if I decide to bring him in yeah my con- i have to get over my built-in swansea bias though i think in this matchup because we can't forget that swansea is in severe decline right now right they, they had to struggle to beat villa and prior to that they've just been a complete mess and yeah. defensively they 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 can't be too trusted yeah. And then the Stoke team we were just talking about bossed them at Liberty Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they they did win, though. And maybe that, you know, they, they, they pulled together and mm-hmm. maybe maybe that will inspire them. You know, yeah. I mean, confidence is such a weird thing in, in, in sports, you yeah. know. So. Yeah, so given that, it's just hard to predict that Arsenal is going to yeah. steamroll them. I agree. Yeah, I think it's hard to predict, too. But I, I do think Arsenal will win. I, I love the form they're on right now. I could see this being like a 3-1 Arsenal game. Yeah. Um, All right, Watford West Ham. West Ham will t- continue to cruise, right? I mean, uh, Watford. Uh, well, the, the, constri- contractually, they signed some sort of deal with the Premier League this season, where every team they play will get a red card about halfway through. Mm-hmm. I think there's like six games this year where West Ham <laughs> played like a full 45 minutes. On what a strange contract to make available to one team. 
I know. I, I'm surprised they did that. I guess it was. It's all ratings, you know. I'm sure they. I'm sure it's like a. Like, I'm sure Pepsi co. You know, co-signed it or something. Now, uh, any regrets not having Troy Deeney back in your lineup um, after he finally broke his duck? No, 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 no. It was Troy. Troy had to go. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. It's been. It's been real. Now, has anybody been shopping around for West Ham defenders? I guess Cresswell is starting to look better again. Jenkinson is another option. Yeah, they they just don't keep clean sheets. Yeah, but I'm thinking if they're going to keep a clean sheet, you know, Watford is yeah, doesn't I mean, have an incredible goal scoring pedigree. No, that's true. But they 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 didn't. Uh, I don't know. They didn't. Uh, Watford looked pretty good at home to Arsenal a couple weeks ago. Um, they're always a threat to score. I mean, they scored two at Stoke, and Stoke's defense did look really good for two weeks. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have. They. Have, I think. I think Watford might be a difficult team to play. Um, I, I feel like like I feel like it's hard to get a read on them. You know, right, like so West Ham seems to do well when they set up um, as an away team. They sort of set up to counterattack. Yeah, um, and I don't know that you set up to counterattack against a team like Watford that it it doesn't show an incredible amount of dynamism. Yeah, I feel like they've been doing a little bit less of that. I I don't feel like they were counterattacking in the the Sunderland game or the mm-hmm. Crystal Palace game. Um, the Chelsea game maybe a little bit more. Although even that game, I felt like they were really taking it to Chelsea. It, it didn't seem like they were they were hanging back and letting Chelsea dictate that game. I mean, they scored the first goal and um, they looked more threatening. Yeah. All right. So, how many goals are you predicting for Payet in this game? Like a million? <laughs> just the one. Just, just the one he always gets. He'll just pop up. And be like, I'll have that goal. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Why not? Now nah, he's got a goal and an assist in this game. I think. Yeah, that's possible. It'd be, it, actually, that'd be another creative uh, captain choice. Yeah. Okay, who's next? Uh, okay, that brings us to the final uh, Saturday game. It's West Brom-Leicester. Uh, this will be a test of the, of the West Brom clean sheet. So now Robert Huth comes back into my mind. He's been languishing on my bench. and Oh, you have to start Huth in this game. Yeah. Well, so this past weekend, I got to start Dawson against Russell Martin. When Norwich played West Brom, now I get to start Craig Dawson against Robert Huth. That's not bad. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a uh, March Madness bracket, and Craig Dawson keeps like moving toward the Indianapolis final. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, you, uh, this is this is the last week, right? I think it's, it is I think the last week. This is yeah. the final. It gets a little. It, it's I think it, the West Brom run is is over after this. Yeah, uh, you hopped on though. It worked out really. It worked out very well for you. I guys. did. I've got my money's worth, and then some for Mr. Dawson. Yeah, I'm a happy man. Uh, this I can see West Brom. They've been picking up one goal here and there. So yeah. I think, um, I think one-one uh, is my prediction. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Maybe Robert Huth will get a headed goal here. It's possible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for confidence. <laughs> All right, that takes us to Sunday. All right, Everton Sunderland. Uh, we've talked about Everton a lot already. Uh, two nothing Everton is my scoreline for this game with a with a Lukaku goal and a Kone goal, a late Kone goal. A late Kone. See, we didn't even touch upon Kone in our possible. <laughs> no, he doesn't start enough. Kone yeah. and Naismith are, are are cheap options, but uh, you just they, they just don't play all the time. Do you think that's the look that uh, Samir Nasri was going, bleaching his hair? He said he walked into the barber and said, "Give me the give me, Kone." Give me the Kone. I, I, I think that's what happened. <laughs> all right, that's our that's the new hashtag we're going to try and start online. <laughs> give me hey, the Kone. Give me the Kone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Southampton, Bournemouth. 
Uh, poor, poor Bournemouth. It's, it's, it's over for them. <laughs> really uh, I feel, is. I feel bad, but there's, I, there was so around, much like, hope it, for it, them. There's no, yeah. It just feels like there's no, they have no chance. It's like true. it feels, it feels hopeless. Doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know why I, yeah, the man city game was bad, but the, the Tottenham game was just like, you're like, okay, this is really, I mean, they just had bad luck, like tons of injuries. Yeah. It's hard not to think that some sort of cosmic power isn't conspired yeah. against they were, them. They were already punching above their weight. I mean, they, they just too many things have gone wrong. Yeah. So now the, the, it, it is an interesting wrench in the FPL game, and now you're basically just chasing the Bournemouth fixture. Yeah, I know. And so you brought up Pelly earlier. It is very, very tempting to captain Pelly in this game. Yeah. Uh, like I bet he ends up being the most captain player. Oh, yeah. no, that, that, can't, that can't be true, can it? I bet it'll be Jamie Vardy. Or um, or Alexis Sanchez. It'd be very interesting to see. It should be a, a very. This is what I like about not having a queer. I mean, it, it has yeah. not worked out well for me the last two weeks. <laughs> but in general, I like the idea of of you know twenty percent captains all across. You know, or twenty percent, eighteen percent, fourteen percent. It's just more interesting. You know, lots of different players to root for and against. Pele is a lot like Lukaku in that I think FPL managers are wise to him. They know that he's good enough to. Want slash, yeah, and you yeah. want him in your team. Lots of people bringing in Lukaku, likewise, for the Everton run coming up. But you're also too smart to be like be in tempted into yeah. a captaincy. Yeah, so I, I think I, you're right that he he won't be the most captained. Yeah, I, I even even I will. I don't, I don't want to say even I, especially me, because I kind of don't like Pele. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a hard time captaining him this week, but. Uh, I think it's probably the right choice. I saw a nickname floating around Twitter the other day referring to Pele as uh, uh, Hair Helmet, which I quite liked. I'm going to yeah, start no, using that too. one. Yeah. All right. And the final fixture is uh, actually a Monday fixture, uh, Spurs-Aston Villa. Interesting mm-hmm. game. It is an interesting game. It's too bad Tim Sherwood won't be around to go hang out with his old buddies at, at uh, Tottenham. Yeah. I think he, he's probably happy about that. They probably won't have a new manager by then, I would think. Yeah. So if you have Harry Kane, you're very happy right now. Yeah, although I will say you don't know what to expect uh, with after managers fired. I, I don't – it's not always the greatest situation. You're better off playing the team that's given up on their manager. So, the but team if that has the new manager – it would be interesting to look at the stats on this. I guess yeah. that would be something that I'll – never actually pull but would like to pull <laughs> like how how a team performs the week after they get a new manager but if they they'll just have an interim manager it's not like they're going to step up and really try to impress some some tubby guy who's not going to be around or is yeah, going to be it, part it could of the... still be like they could still feel lighter like just like he's gone you mm-hmm. know the weird, the weird man is gone. The weird the, man. The, the, weird, the man with the vest is gone. <laughs> that man is weird mom make him leave <laughs> Tim Sherwood. Uh, but that being said, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, if you had Harry Kane, he would be a very interesting player to captain in this game week. There are a lot of captain options this game week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be captaining uh, Jack Butland, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Spurs 3 nothing. Okay, so the Alderweireld pick will finally come good. I think so. Three Alderweireld goals I mean... assisted by Alderweireld. <laughs> We, it's just an Alder Wild, and we're just living in it. Does that work? Yeah, I think so. So that'll be, yeah, three goals. It'd be 18 plus the clean sheet, 22. Yeah, I, I predict a 27-point game for Alder Wild. Good. Well, I hope you have a good game week 11 so um, you're a little sunnier 
when we meet up again next week for the Always Cheating Podcast. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I wish you good luck. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Good luck to you, too. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can always subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Overcast. We, ac- we actually just made it so you can ac- download episodes of the podcast on Sound- SoundCloud so you don't have to stream the audio file if, that's, if you have a really uh, tricky Internet connection. That's right. And I also wanted to thank Nick Cummings over there at TriggerLips.com. He also runs the Transfer Hub What's message that? board. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's been wonderful in helping promote our podcast through his channels and definitely want to big up TriggerLoops.com. Yeah. He has lots of great content over there. Yeah, and the people at uh, Red, the Reddit FPL for that have been very, very nice and uh, and complimentary and uh, happy to upvote and all that stuff. Yeah, so awesome. That's very, so very cool. Keep listening. Send your feedback on all those channels. If you want your team rated on our new Always Cheating Rate My Team <laughs> section, I think it's easiest just to hit us up at our Twitter feed, but we do have ways, other ways to contact us there on our website at alwayscheating.com. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week, Brandon. Yeah, sounds good, Josh. Bye. All right, bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.